What is good? If this is your first time listening, welcome to the Always Gaining Podcast. Today's episode should be a treat for you because speaking of treats, on Halloween I ate 10,000 calories and as you can imagine, it was quite the experience. But the reason I ate 10,000 calories was to prove a strong principle of flexible dieting and to help people understand what the most important part of their dieting journey is, whether they're trying to lose fat or gain muscle. I hope you enjoy this one. If you do, hit me up on Instagram at Austin Trey Goodwin. Let me know what you think about the episode. Welcome to episode seven of the Always Gaining Podcast. I am your host, Austin Goodwin. And since I last talked to you, a lot has happened in the world, both politically and socially. Wherever you are, I hope you're safe. I hope you're healthy. Regardless of your political preferences, I hope my voice hitting your ears every week brings you value and is a good use of your attention and your time. Today's episode, I will say, is the least scripted episode I have ever attempted. Usually, I like to do a lot of writing and really get my podcast down on pet before I go to record, but we're not going to do that podcast, this podcast, that way. I'm going to walk you through one of the most interesting experiences I've subjected myself to in the realm of fitness, I guess you could say. On Halloween, I did the 10,000 calorie challenge. If you listened to my last podcast, I teased a little bit of what I did for the challenge, but today we're taking the plunge into every single component of the challenge that I can remember. Why in the hell did I eat 10,000 calories? How did I approach the challenge to have a chance to succeed at even eating that much? What did I eat? And what's the real point of doing a challenge like that? So let's get into it. I'm going to give you some background here because I know you're probably asking why would anybody try to eat that many calories besides doing it for the attention, which is kind of funny and kind of the reason, but there's a greater perspective. There's a greater lesson behind what I'm trying to accomplish with this. I want to start by saying that I documented the highlights of the day and I made a video for the challenge. You can find it on my Instagram at Austin Trey Goodwin. It's about a 10 minute IGTV video, but I think it's both informative and entertaining. Gives you some insight to what I did, how I was feeling and just sort of the highlights of the day. So enough about that. Let's start with why I did the challenge. If you know me on Instagram, if you followed me, if you know me personally, I'm a flexible dieter. You know that I support flexible dieting. Flexible dieting is a non-restrictive diet approach centered around you and, you guessed it, your flexibility in your food and meal choices. That's why it's called flexible dieting. The idea behind it is understanding that calories and your caloric maintenance are both the most important component of any diet approach. No matter what your goals are, what you're trying to do, calories are the most important thing. Your maintenance caloric maintenance. That's a term that I talk about a lot on the podcast, but to review, your maintenance is how many calories you can eat and your weight stays relatively in the same area. Eating in a calorie deficit, which is less than your maintenance, is needed to lose fat. That's the only way to lose fat. No matter what the fitness industry tells you, you have to be in a caloric deficit. And eating in a calorie surplus, eating more than your maintenance, helps to promote muscle growth. So why did I basically force feed myself to eat that many calories? To prove the very principle that I preach on my social media all the time. 
to teach people that calories, and I talk about them a lot, but it's not often you see me count my calories or even talk about them in terms of my own diet. Eating all the junk food involved in the challenge was a great time and it was a chance to push myself to see how much I could really eat, but that wasn't the true benefit for me. The benefit is proving the idea of consistency and viewing dieting in the long term as the best tools for achieving whatever goal it is that you have with your diet. Because let's get this straight, you can't mess up a diet as long as you're consistent in the long term with your calories and your activity. One bad day, two bad days, a bad week, it doesn't matter in the long term. And that's the point of the 10,000 calorie challenge because so many people, whether they're just getting into fitness and dieting, counting their calories, or they've been at it for years, they think that, oh, I make a mistake, I make a couple of mistakes, and I've just messed it up, so I might as well quit. And that's what I'm trying to disprove here. I'm trying to eliminate that mindset when it comes to dieting. So let's get into what did I actually eat for the challenge? This is the question I get probably the second most behind why the hell did you even do it? But how do you eat 10,000 calories? And look, I'm a weightlifter. I eat on average probably 3,000 to 3,200 calories a day. I weigh 200 pounds, so I, I eat a fair amount of calories for a human being. But 10,000 calories is a ridiculous concept until you break it down. Let me walk you through the list of foods that I ate and the calories that they add up to. To start off the day, very traditional breakfast, I had three sausage burritos, two hash browns, and a medium orange juice from McDonald's. That meal adds up to 1,400 calories. Next, for a pre-workout snack, I had six Krispy Kreme donuts. I didn't want to do 12, I didn't want to do a dozen because I knew that would just be way too much sugar early on for me. So six Krispy Kreme donuts is 1140 calories. So we're already over the 2500 calorie mark. Then for lunch, after my workout, I had half of a Domino's sausage and pepperoni large pizza, which is 1280 calories. Again, didn't want to do a whole pizza because that's just a lot of volume at once. Then after that, after the pizza settled a little bit, I had four cookies and cream Oreo tasting brownies, which were 920 calories in total. Then for my snacks in the middle of the day, throughout the day, I'll get into more when I ate those. But for my snacks, I had nine servings of caramel M&Ms, which is 900 calories, or actually it's over 900 calories. I had a whole bag of Doritos, which is over 1400 calories. Also throughout the day, I was going to destroy an entire pack of Oreo cookies, which is 1,920 calories. Part of this I did as a snack, part of it I did in my protein shake, which comes later. But finally, for my celebratory snack, a shot of bourbon at the end, which is 100 calories. And to end the day, I had a ginormous protein milkshake type of concoction, if that's what you want to call it. But it consists of two cups of milk, four tablespoons of peanut butter, two scoops of protein, and the remaining Oreos that I didn't snack on, which in total came to over a thousand calories within the challenge itself. So with all those foods, yeah, it's a massive amount of volume. With any challenge though, you can't go into it blind and expect to succeed. I couldn't just eat junk food all day and I couldn't just, oh, I'm gonna eat fast food all day. So step one in the 10,000 calorie master plan 
was to strategically balance the food types that I wanted to eat. I had to balance the voluminous high-calorie foods like the pizza with the super sugary high-calorie foods like the Oreos and the M&Ms. If you eat too much volume, you're going to become too full. If you eat too much sugar, your stomach is going to be upset and nobody likes to upchuck the food that they're eating. So this was my attempted balance. And honestly, looking back at the challenge, I could have done a little bit less sugary foods and a little more volume, but I think for my very first attempt, it was a great one. Step number two for the master plan was how you time your meals, because that's arguably the most important thing. Do you eat fewer, really big meals? Do you try to spread all your eating throughout the day? These are both really good questions when it comes to the challenge. But for me, it was about front-loading the volume of food in my day. I took on a heavy food load in the beginning because I was training early in the day, and I also didn't want to hit a wall with my heaviest foods at the end of the challenge. Snacking consistently throughout the day was also important too. This is where you have to know yourself and your hunger because you have to snack just enough to make progress on the food that you have to eat, but not so much as to take away for your hunger and to make you full. So again, it's a whole balancing act, and this balance was really critical for the success of the challenge. And tons of people have asked me, okay, but how did it make you feel? And I'm going to be completely honest with you. This challenge kind of kicked my tail. For the first... I don't know, 12 hours of the day, probably up until about 6 p.m., I was feeling pretty great. Honestly, the volume hadn't bothered me. Nothing had really bothered me until I really got into the sugary snacks. And then it completely destroyed me. And around 8 o'clock in the challenge, I think it was, uh, I have to look at the video again, but around 8 o'clock, that's when I started to get a little bit nauseous. And I laid down, terrible, terrible mistake. Sat back up, kind of recuperated a little bit, and then I rallied at the end of the challenge. But in terms of how it made me feel, it's not necessarily the day of how it made me feel. But the next day, it felt like I had a terrible hangover, but just in my body, not in my head. So it wasn't actually like I was drinking, but I felt like my body got hit by a brick wall. I was kind of shaky throughout the night. I slept like I had a fever. I was hot and I was cold. So my body, like my core in my body was really hot but my extremities were freezing, so did not sleep very well at all. And of course, the next day, I was just completely sluggish as a person. I still worked out, but getting through the next day was pretty much a struggle. But after that day, I was good. I will say eating that much junk food really messes up your stomach in a way. Like It's not good for your gut microbiome. It's just overall not good for your health, and I would not recommend that anybody do it unless they're just doing it for fun. There really is no grand purpose and any of the benefit that I got from it in my body, the taste, the enjoying the junk food was not worth the feeling. So the next big thing people asked me about was, okay, what happened to your weight? And of course, I knew I was gonna gain weight from this challenge, that was the whole point. The following morning, I weighed in at 207 pounds. I began the, the morning of right at 202 point something pounds. I, I gained a good six to seven pounds by the end of the challenge. And the next morning it showed through in the scale on the way in. But I knew that, okay, my weight is gonna be up. But if I just go back to eating exactly what I was eating, which was in a caloric maintenance, eating high protein, moderate amount of calories, that I would be fine. 
And of course, I was. The morning after the morning after the challenge, my weight was already back down to 203.9 pounds, which was just over a pound more than I weighed in when I started the challenge. So again, after two days, I was almost already back to my starting weight. And then the morning after that, I actually weighed in lower than when I began the challenge. So I didn't want to get myself twisted up about it because I was trying to teach other people how not to get their weight twisted. One meal isn't going to cause you to gain fat, just like it won't cause you to lose fat. One day of eating essentially is a, it's a grain of sand in your long-term diet. In three days time, and after eating over three times what I normally eat, I was right back to where I started. I didn't freak out on myself. I didn't starve myself to get back to my beginning weight. I simply went straight back to my normal diet, my normal calories, and I even enjoyed a few treats here and there. There was some leftover snacks that we didn't eat, and I had a few of those. Most people aren't going to go 7,000 calories over whatever their calorie maintenance is. And even if they did go over that many calories just like I did, the only thing they have to do is get right back on track. And with that, that's where people really get scared. And I've had questions on that too. Did it not scare you that your weight went up so much? And yes and no, it did scare me. I've never seen my weight shoot up that much at one time. But at the same time, I have a very healthy relationship with food and my diet and not judging myself based on one day of eating. And I knew that eating 10,000 calories would do exactly what it did. When you're in a state of discomfort and you're unfamiliar with what's going on, especially after eating 10,000 calories, you have to default back to what you know is true. I knew that if I eat enough caloric maintenance after the challenge, my weight would go right back down to where it was at. I wasn't obsessed with getting it down to ever how many pounds and ever how many days. I knew that it would just take a little bit of time to get right back to where I was at. And that's the whole point of this fitness and dieting thing. It's not a 30-day or a 90-day program. It's not some special two-week product or cleanse that you take. This is what we've been led to believe by the fitness industry, and I want to call complete bullshit on it. I wish other people could see this challenge and understand, okay, it really is about your calories. And if you look at me, and you look at my content, you look at how I talk about myself, how I feel about myself, I'm a very high self-esteem type of person. But I still had people who asked me, oh, Austin, aren't you disappointed in yourself? I mean, you're in shape, and you ate all that food, and your weight went up. And dead serious, I've had people ask me this, and it's just hilarious to me. Because anyone who asks that question is automatically assuming that weight gain is bad. I can't blame them. That's what we've been led to believe. In school, in our community, in our social circles, everywhere we look. Weight gain is bad. Weight loss is good. You're a failure. You're a success. And it's completely one way or the other. It doesn't work that way, first of all, if you're a weightlifter and you want to gain muscle. That's where I'm at. I'm entering my bulk now, my caloric surplus. I know that I'm going to have to gain weight to gain muscle. And this is probably the most common misconception with our diets and our bodies is that people assume that if they gain weight, then it's automatically body fat. And that couldn't be further from the truth. With the clients that I've taken on before, I've seen the women that I've coached gain five or 10 pounds in a month with me under my instruction, under 
doing a diet, whether they were in a calorie maintenance or a caloric deficit, I've seen women gain five to 10 pounds, but they appear to have lost weight and they're more defined. And guess what? It's not magic. It's not some product I'm selling. It's called muscle gain and fat loss. It's very possible. It's very real. And people have to understand this first when they get into fitness. But even if you're not a lifter, even if you're not in the whole weightlifting circle, understanding that your body is going to gain and lose weight and it's not always about fat. Which leads me back to the question that we're talking about. Why should I be disappointed in myself? There are three major flaws with the whole argument that, oh, my weight went up, so I should be disappointed and I'm off track. And even if I was trying to lose weight, I wouldn't be disappointed in myself because the scale, number one, most importantly, does not determine my self-worth. And it's after months, years of deprogramming my emotional response to seeing the weight on the scale go up and down that allows me to create that separation of emotion. Number two on the whole disappointment thing, I ate 10,000 calories. I ate five times what most people eat in a day. I would be delusional to think that my weight would go anywhere but up. And number three on this, I think, is I know how to control my weight because I know how calories work with my body and my diet. And I know that there's a lot of variables that go into weight loss or weight gain. And I get it. If you're not educated, you're not experienced with how weight gain or weight loss works, it can really demotivate you. And sadly, this is a very common thing. It's not taught in our school systems. Doctors don't even teach us about it because half of them don't even understand it. It's not a hard principle to understand, but it's hard to learn based on the systems that we're brought up in. This is why fad diets, keto, paleo, whatever it may be, losing weight really quickly is a goal of way too many people. And the greater picture is so much more than weight loss. It's about fat loss, number one. That's what most people really want to do. But I'm not going to go on this long excursion into distraction land because I want to get back to the main point of this challenge. The easiest thing you should take away from it and apply to your life is this. Your calorie numbers give you the key to do whatever you want to do with your body. Weight loss, muscle gain, maintaining whatever it is you have. Yes, macros are important. Your protein, your carb, your fat intake, your alcohol intake, these are all important. But until you understand calories and really, really detach yourself from your numbers going up and down, because guess what? That's all they are, numbers. That's when you make progress. Your weight is always going to fluctuate. It's always going to go up and down. I've said this 100 times, and I'll say it 101 times if that gets the point across. Your weight isn't just the food you consume. Your body is always changing. How much water have you consumed? What is your sodium intake? Are you stressed out right now? What type of foods are you eating? Your bones, your skin, this makes up your weight too, and you can't really control that. Have you went to the bathroom? Have you peed or pooped? What does your hormonal health look like? Ladies, and I'm a man, so this is just one less variable I have to worry about, but it's even more complicated for women. Are you on your cycle? Are you premenstrual right now? Are you on your cycle? Like Every single part of your menstrual cycle can affect what your weight is and how it fluctuates. 
when you add that on top of everything else that makes your weight fluctuate. This is why it seems like women have the hardest emotional time with struggling with their weight. And it's understandable, and it's not something that I personally can empathize with because I'm a man. Simultaneously, I see how torn up people get about it. And it breaks my heart because it's really just coming from a place of not having the education and not understanding what goes into weight loss and weight gain and why necessarily weight loss or weight gain shouldn't be your only long-term goal, why you should have non-scale goals, goals that don't have to do with your numbers. There are tons of variables that are always in flux and so will your weight be. Get used to it. That's how you emotionally mature yourself through this fitness and dieting thing. This is how you can actually make this fun. Learn from me. Learn what I did. I didn't do it to be a gym bro and prove that I have a crazy metabolism. I don't. I just understand what calories are. Nobody's metabolism can hold off temporarily gaining weight from eating 10,000 calories. Even I proved that and I grew up as a super skinny kid that could seemingly eat anything in the world and never gain weight. The point of the challenge was to show you that you have a choice. You can emotionally succumb to making a less than ideal dieting choice like eating 10,000 calories, or you can have power over it and say, okay, I made that decision, but guess what? I'm gonna make a bunch of great decisions and that's not even gonna matter in the long term. I look at it just like this. One pizza, one beer, one cocktail, one fast food journey, a whole day of eating absolute garbage like I did. It does not matter as long as you're sticking to your plan and you're doing it consistently. You have a life, this thing called life. It's a beautiful thing. And unless you're planning to step on the stage in a bodybuilding show, which if you're listening to this, if you're having troubles with your weight, you definitely don't need to be considering bodybuilding or doing a show back to the point, unless you're planning to step on a stage, you can be flexible and still make progress. I've flexible dieted for years now, consistently lost body fat, gained muscle, gained weight, but still look just as toned as ever. Food is more than just fuel. And that's the worst messaging from the fitness community Food is fuel, man. What you put into your body is what comes out of it. So you don't need to fill your body with garbage. And that's a complete line of garbage. Food is more than just fat loss, weight gain, weight loss, a means to an end. Food is community. Food is life. It's the centerpiece of every single culture. When you come to this realization that it's about your calories, that's really the beauty of it because you'll lose the guilt behind having something that's unhealthy because food is our life. And I don't know about you, but if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, I wouldn't care that I ate pizza today. I would worry about, was I happy? Did I enjoy dinner with my friends without being completely stuck up about my diet because I couldn't relax for one day? You tell me. I don't recommend that anyone eats 10,000 calories. I really don't. My digestion was completely shot for the days following the challenge. My energy was down. I've talked about this. And honestly, I didn't really have an appetite for two or three days after, which isn't good because you want to be able to consistently eat and have that protein intake and get right back on track with what you're doing. 
force feeding is never the right option for anyone. And I don't think you have to go to the extremes that I did just to prove a point. But that's why I did it. When we freak out about things, when we worry about things or get stressed, it's because we imagine the most extremely negative possibility when we make a mistake or when we don't know what's going on. And if my challenge experience is a testament to any truth at all, let it be one that consistency and the long-term mentality when it comes to your diet is the most important thing you need to worry about when it comes to your lifestyle, fitness, dieting, whatever you want to call this thing that we're doing. And eating 10,000 calories was a great reminder of that for myself. It was a great reminder that I am in control and that I understand my body. And because I understand my body, it does not have power over me. That what I eat does not have power over me. That every choice that I make is my own choice. I don't have to feel guilty about it. I don't have to feel like every single decision I make is going to make or break my progress. Because guess what? You can really just get back on track tomorrow. That being said, stay consistent with what you're doing. Actively choose the foods you eat in your diet. Don't be afraid to have an off meal, to have drinks, to enjoy your life. Because really, fitness is great. Being in shape is great. And yes, having six-pack abs can completely boost your confidence. But really, you're going to look back and eventually when you reach this point to where you see dieting and you see fitness as, okay, it's a part of my life, but it's not my entire life, you're going to laugh that you ever worried about this in the first place. Hopefully, I don't have to eat another 10,000 calories to prove that. If you get value from this podcast, please let me know. Please let me know if it changes your decisions, your mentality, your approach to your food. If you check out my Instagram TV video on it, let me know what you think about that. I had a really fun time recording it, and while I was miserable at the end, it was an amazing experience that I probably will never do again, but we'll see. I appreciate you listening to this episode of the podcast. If you can, if it brings you value, if you really, truly enjoyed the episode, leave me a review on whichever platform you're listening to. Have an amazing week. Remember, you're in control of your choices, and no one single choice of yours has to define your progress and your approach to what you're doing. Remember to stay always gaining.